welcome to a special edition of the Activist Insight podcast, where we'll be talking about the impact of COVID-19 on shareholder activism. I'm joined now by Activist Insight's Editor-in-Chief, Josh Black, to discuss the general implications of the coronavirus outbreak on activism. So Josh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for putting this together at short notice. So first of all, how are you coping with this sudden change in circumstances? Well, most importantly, we're following the official advice that's been given by uh, the governments and the various levels uh, where our staff live and work. So we're we're working from home in both London and New York, where that's mandatory and doing our bit to flatten the curve and reduce the possibility that any of us could spread the virus. And I think in these times, it's pretty important that we all do our part and do that. But as far as our work goes, we're at full capacity, we're all healthy and and safe and we're ready to get stuck in helping our clients with their workflows and keeping on track of what's going on in activism. There's been a a lot to monitor over the last couple of weeks. It's a rapidly evolving situation. There are people that are dealing with things on a day-to-day basis and and people with ongoing situations that they don't know how they're going to turn out based on how the markets go and uh, what level of government intervention may be coming in the next few days. So my activism this week column from March 20th dealt with the implications for proxy season. And as I was reporting that out last week, it was still pretty unclear how impactful this would be. Clearly, the longer it goes on, the more events and gatherings are cancelled, the more difficult it becomes for activists and issuers to meet with shareholders, to run campaigns, to hold shareholder meetings. And that all has a big impact on whether activist proxy campaigns can be taken to fruition. That raised a lot of interesting questions. Since then, we've seen a lot of uh, volatility in the markets. Share prices are down pretty steeply. That creates an opening for activists to buy shares at a lower valuation than they've been able to for years. Uh, that's something that we've been talking about for you know probably about 18 months now as something that needs to happen in order for activism to get another big boost. 2019 was a slight down year for activism and that followed a, a very short, sharp drop in the fourth quarter of 2018 when activists weren't necessarily as prepared. And now there's a question over whether activists are going to jump on this buying opportunity or whether the situation is just too unstable for them to to act on it. So that column from last week, which is available on our blog, on Twitter and LinkedIn, kind of said that if this goes on much longer, we could have a very quiet proxy season. But we don't know. I mean, it, it could be that there are situations where activists feel like they have a, an opportunity to make an impact. And certainly lots of uh, campaign-specific developments are happening every day, and we're monitoring that on Activist Insight Online. And we have a live blog for subscribers and bringing the news as and when it comes. And if anyone has a tip, uh, we're still picking up emails to press at activistinsight.com. And as I mentioned, we're, uh, we're working around the clock to uh, bring our subscribers the news that they need. And the coronavirus has been described as a poison pill for shareholder activism. Do you think it will halt the proxy season dead in its tracks? Yeah, so for those that don't know, a poison pill or a shareholder rights plan is a a measure that companies use to prevent activists or hostile acquirers from gaining a a significant position in their stock. Lawyers from Sidley Austin used it to basically say that, that the coronavirus would put up a sign stopping activists in their tracks. It's a little bit early to say whether that is in fact what's going to happen, but it's increasingly looking that way. 
As I mentioned, this could be over very soon before annual meetings start, but it's looking less and less likely that that's going to happen. You know, I'm talking just after the Olympics were postponed. So I think it's going to be really hard for companies to hold in-person meetings with a large uh, audience. And I think that's going to have a ripple effect. Uh, Add to that the volatility. Most activists will have started planning their campaigns in the fourth quarter. There will still be lots of campaigns rolled out, I think. Uh, Nominations will have been made in January and February and early March that are kind of in the works, as it were. And those will, will be announced But whether they will go the distance is not entirely clear. We've seen a couple of proxy contests already called off. We've seen some mergers called off. You know, and those kinds of situations could have a chilling effect on activism, at least in the short term. They could drive activism in the long term. So the problem with with committing to an activist campaign at this stage is that a proxy contest really requires an activist to be confident that it can either win or convince the company to implement changes unilaterally. And that value won't be permanently destroyed before the annual meeting. It really didn't help that that COVID-19 became a real issue in the U.S. markets, just as Russia and Saudi Arabia went and had an oil war. So that's had a big impact on the energy sector. Lots of companies really cutting back on production. Cash flows are uncertain. Investors are distracted. So it's going to be hard for our activists to go and convince active managers, not activists, but active portfolio managers, from focusing on the merits of proxy contests. And it's going to be harder for activists to actually present their ideas in person, which might hurt their chances ever so slightly. But I think the biggest concern is that some positions will just be really hard to hold for months on end, especially if companies are starting to show signs of distress. The additional risk that companies might delay annual meetings might mean that activists can't implement the changes they want to quickly enough to guarantee the company's survival or ability to profit on the changes they want to see implemented. So then what kind of corporate activity will be seen as risky? Yeah, among the things that activists tend to ask for, buybacks, anything that increases leverage, anything that puts growth over long-term profitability, perhaps acquisitions, perhaps focusing on a more risky business strategy, will be under increasing scrutiny in this kind of environment. And we don't quite know the full extent of the backstops that there will be to the credit market. So, you know, it may be that six months down the line, the debt market looks absolutely fine and companies can still borrow to do all of these things. But for the short term, we've got to assume that cash is king and that companies should be doing everything they can to maintain their cash position in in case they need to weather a longer downturn. Already at the beginning of March, Centerview Partners said M&A activity would be down 15 to 25%. It could be even worse than that. Certainly, mergers and acquisitions will slow as companies and activists reassess the value of potential targets and their own ability to uh, raise the money to make these purchases. There are already some deals out there which are strained by the, the dislocation in the stock markets, and we may see some previously announced transactions break up. That potentially is something that activists could get involved in for the first time. But then there are going to be campaigns that you know have already been predicated on these deals taking place that are hurt by the changes in the market. We've heard a lot in previous months about private equity being waiting with uh, lots of dry powder. But again, they will be affected by the uncertainty in the debt market, You know whether they are able to buy activist targets 
at the current time is, is not entirely certain. So a lot will depend on asset prices stabilizing and not rebounding too quickly because, you know, if we go back to the same position in the stock market that we were in two months ago, then the opportunity to buy will have been missed. So does this mean activists will just simply shut up shop for the year and return next year in 2021? I think that's unlikely. Those activists that currently have outstanding positions and ongoing campaigns, there will still be changes that they want to see. I mean, it's possible that they will drop proxy contests. We're also seeing a a lot of settlements. I think there's a much higher mutual need on the part of activists and companies to reach an agreement quickly. And some campaigns are going to reflect that. There may be a bit of back and forth with each side arguing that the other was preventing a settlement, really very similar to what we're seeing in Congress. Ultimately, I think Everyone knows that a deal is needed in order to give some certainty to the market for the reasons that we talked about earlier, why proxy contests are going to be hard to run this year. Uh, The second thing is that stocks are now significantly cheaper. So if an activist was well positioned with a lot of cash before this sell-off started, it's likely going to want to deploy that as soon as the markets settle and maybe earlier. Um, We've been hearing a lot about activists exploring new areas, um, doing the due diligence on companies and uh, starting to take toehold positions. The sort of received wisdom is that after the financial crisis, 2009 saw a big increase in hostile campaigns, proxy contests and takeover attempts. So that could be something we start to see activists work on this year for a um, 2021 season. But it is probably fair to say that activists have less clarity on a company's current financial position and might not be able to offer the sort of detailed operational plans that they have been doing when the situation is moving so quickly. Some lawyers have said that securities regulators could have less capacity for reviewing proxy statements, so fight letters could be a bit more bare-knuckled in previous years. But pushing for asset sales or M&A, if a board is slow to consider that option, is going to be a tricky needle to thread Uh, You really have to convince other shareholders that selling at a loss potentially is a good option. There are also opportunities to take advantage of public anger about compensation or inadequate health and safety provisions on the part of companies. You know, we've seen activists move into the ESG, environmental, social and governance arena in the past. And, you know, that could be something that they look to exploit this year and next. That is to say, they won't necessarily be targeting a company just because it pays its CEO a lot, but it could be a hook to demand other kinds of action. I also caught up with Yuri Strata and Jason Booth, who are both senior financial journalists at Activist Insight. So Jason, what are the dangers then for activists? Well, the dangers are, are manifold in this situation. For one thing, it makes it much harder for an activist to run a proxy fight. With prices down so much, it really shakes up the value of their investments and makes it harder to decide what they want to do next. Plus, management can argue that it's distraction to operations at a time when they need to be focused on um, dealing with the fallout from COVID-19. So we're seeing a growing number of campaigns being withdrawn or settled with limited gains. Um, Also, it uh, reduces the options such as buybacks and other forms of balance sheet activism, which are hard to argue for given the economic situation currently. And the activists themselves have their own problems. Uh, They have to depend on so-called limited partners, which are in a sense their own shareholders, who in many cases are suffering from losses elsewhere in their portfolio and may be compelled to pull money out of funds 
such as activist funds uh, to cover the margins elsewhere. And uh, we saw a lot of that in 2008, where some funds were forced to put up so-called gates, which basically prevents or slows limited partners from withdrawing money. But that's really was the death knell for a lot of those funds, because once you do that, these shareholders will never come back. So far, we haven't seen much of that happen, but you could if the market remains weak. Lastly, there's the issue of raising new money. The market has fallen so much that many people see it as a huge buying opportunity, but that only works if you have the money to do so. And while we've seen people like Carl Icahn or Pershing Square make new bets, smaller funds may have a harder time doing that. Uh, many of them have fairly large illiquid stakes, a narrow portfolio that may be down 30 or 40%. And unless they have the ability to double down, they will have a very hard time coming out of that. Siguri, for those activists that will survive the crisis, does this represent an opportunity to buy? I think so. Uh, Some of the more experienced activists that don't face the threat of quarterly withdrawals have already taken advantage of the sell-off by adding to their existing stakes. You see, you have Cesian Capital increased its holdings in Rixal and CRH. Uh, Carl Icahn hiked his position in Occidental to 10% from 2.5%. Bill Ackman also said he's buying despite his apocalyptic view on the crisis. Many others are probably waiting to have more clarity on COVID-19's impact before jumping in. Also, interestingly, for some activists, this could represent an opportunity to do pipe deals, uh, so-called private investments in public equity. This could be especially the case for companies that run low on cash. What specific events, then, can you attribute to the impact of the coronavirus? So I suspect the reported settlement between Carl Icahn and Occidental was influenced by the pandemic. MG Capital changed its tack in its proxy campaign at HC2 Holdings by launching a consent solicitation, probably due to fears the company would postpone the annual meeting that should take place in, in June. Uh, in Europe, Bluebell Partners uh, shelved its campaign for a partial IPO of Luftganza's maintenance and repair unit as the company is now fighting for survival. That's all for this episode of the Activist Insight podcast. If you want to read more, we are covering the consequences of the COVID-19 outbreak for shareholder activism as they happen on Activist Insight Online. To learn more or subscribe, simply email subscriptions at activistinsight.com. For comments or questions about the podcast, or if you want something discussed on a future edition, please email press at activistinsight.com please as well do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you are using to help others access our reporting. I'm Kieran Paul. Thank you for listening.